Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with Chris Power, who actually, I, that's, we had done a podcast of that on this podcast, but uh, I recorded it also and edited it up a little bit, and that's up there now. We had a, it was a nice conversation. He's an interesting guy. Came to fiction writing a little later than many fiction writers, but come to it, he did. So we talked about that. Uh, you can find all that at authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and you can learn all about them at pnwa.org. Of course, they have a writers' conference every year, and uh, doing another one this year. It's still going to be, for various complica- complicated reasons, it is going to be virtual, uh, so you can attend from wherever. Uh, so, but I think the following year, we're going to mix it up, go back to a little more normal. Uh, like I said, it'll be, it'll be virtual. So you can learn about that at pnwa.org. And speaking of virtual conferences, I will be teaching an all day. Everyone has what it takes workshop at the writer's digest summer conference. And that's coming right up. That is July. Let me just check July 22nd. Yeah, that's when I'm teaching that. So and that's going to be virtual. So again, if you want to take that all day, plus just go to the conference. It's going to be a great conference, Writer's Digest. So if you want to go to that, go check it out at, uh, well, wherever it is. Uh, I believe my homepage, my williamcanower.com. I've got a link to that if you want to. Okay. All right. Listen, oh, you know, full disclosure, Tammy was supposed to be on the show. Tammy Giuliano, our uh, guest today, a novelist and anesthesiologist uh but oh there were some complications so i'm so glad i got her back on the show like i said tammy is a practicing anesthesiologist and tenured professor of anesthesiology at university of florida now in addition to a prolific list of academic publications youtube teaching videos and numerous teaching awards she has also written award-winning short fiction and now a novel fatal intent it's her debut here with us now. Tammy, how you doing? Great. Great to talk to you. It's good to have you on. I always find it curious when I have uh, MDs uh, who are novelists. I interviewed Tess Gerritsen for my last month for, uh, for Author Magazine, and she's a suspense writer and was a doctor, was a practicing MD for long time before she gave it up. But I always feel like you guys got enough on your plate. Why, <laughs> why are you bringing in fiction writing on top of that? What is that all? Haven't you got, has, aren't you busy enough? What's that talk? Tell me about that. What's that about? Uh-huh. Well, it's um, definitely a busy life, but um so I was full-time and very, very busy with administrative jobs and research and stuff um, when I wrote a introductory textbook with my advisor, my mentor, and, uh, mm-hmm. and we wrote together for, it took us a couple years, and then when we finished, he said, let's write something else together, and so we started a fiction book just for fun, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, he fell ill and passed away, but, but that gave me oh. the bug, so 
So I'm no longer in charge of the residency or running OB anesthesia. I just, uh, I'm just a lowly doctor who does a lot of teaching three days a week, and then uh, I take a couple days to, to work on my writing. So it's interesting. It's a very different part of your brain that you're using, and it's, yeah. uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, it's a very different part of your brain. That was part of what Tess and I were talking about. Well, let's back up then. Um, for you, uh, when you were a young person, were you a voracious reader? I was. When I was a uh-huh. child, I read every single biography in our library. That was my claim to fame in my elementary uh-huh. school. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, you know, college medical school, I didn't read any fiction. It was only yeah. work-related. Same with residency. I didn't really get back into fiction until several years after finishing my training and starting my research and having my kids and other than, you know, good night moon, which probably doesn't count. Um, <laughs> oh, God, then yeah. I finally got back into reading and, and love it. And audiobooks were really the, the saving grace for me because when uh, I'm commuting to work and when I'm doing laundry or walking the dog, I can, uh, I can get in a whole lot of, of uh, booking, even though I yeah. can't really sit down and, and read. Right, right. Oh, yeah. The, I, I have friends who are gardeners, and they find the, the book on tape to be a great, or audio books to be a great friend to their gardening time. Um, well, okay, so so you you wanted to be a doctor, and, and so you went to college, and were you just, like, pointed right towards medicine? Was that just the deal, or did you discover you liked that somewhere in the middle of exploring undergraduate time? Yeah, I um, my dad's an engineer, and I love science and math, and my goal was to uh, go into research and cure something that needed to be cured. I, I had this uh, sense anything of... Uh, specific? Anything specific that needed big. curing? You know, cancer, something. Uh-huh. I didn't have any family-linked thing. It was just going to be right. super dramatic since I wasn't quite athletic enough to go to the Olympics. I needed to do something else grand. Okay. Right, um, right. Okay. And... Uh, Somebody along the way said, you know, they'll take you much more seriously doing research in a medical field if you get an MD. And I said, okay, I'll get an MD then. So it was not a lifelong dream to become a doctor, and I never actually attended the practice. Oh, Um, interesting. And that was terrible advice, by the way, if anybody is on that track. It is. So Um, in other words, instead of just like becoming a a biologist or a chemist or I don't know how one cures something – you did, went and got an MD, but the whole point was research and saving the world a little bit, maybe, right. maybe. Right. I was in okay. the MD PhD program for about a year, and then I realized that killing rats was not probably going to get me to cure <laughs> anything. And so I, uh, I actually was not a model medical student, but um, oh. I figured it out somewhere in the middle and decided that I really did like taking care of patients, and I, I found my niche in obstetric anesthesia, and, and I couldn't be happier. Anesthesia. Now, I have a friend who's an anesthesiologist, another novelist, um, and, um, and she, uh, you know, anesthesia is interesting. It's, I, I think of it, you know, from my layman's view as the, the life and death uh, brand or arm of medicine because – when you're putting people under, you're kind of, I mean, it, if you know what you're doing, obviously it's not a threat, but there is a kind of like life and death balance. Isn't there, if I understand what's happening with anesthesiology? There is. I mean, the, the state we put them in is, is a very suspended animation 
you know, pseudo right. state, but and then we bring them back. And uh, yeah, you know, when you start out, it's it's a little bit terrifying. And I, yeah. I think people who know a lot about it come into it, you know, sort of the too much knowledge and uh, and they're fearful. But it's incredibly safe because of right. advances in medicines and, and monitoring. But right. yeah, bad things happen, and and when they do, you want a, a well-trained anesthesiologist at your side. Right, right. And uh, all right, so you said so you saw you you got interested in anesthesiology, and you obviously got interested in teaching. Um, uh, I promise we're coming to fiction writing, but I am so interested in <laughs> how people. Well, but I'm always interested in like I, I I don't believe things are like segregated. I always feel like everything is connected in some way or another. Like we're we're very uh, integrated, whether we understand it or not. And so I always feel like one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Teaching is very well, interesting. That's true. Say, so when say, I was uh, thinking about not being a medical student anymore, um, uh-huh. uh, my the attending that was on that month when I was trying to drop out took me aside and talked to me, and he introduced me to someone else who was designing a uh, human patient simulator. So it was a full-size plastic person who had a pulse and breathed and opened his eyes and all those sorts of things. And uh, with my background in engineering, he invited me to join the project. So during my last two years of medical school, I spent every waking moment that wasn't working on becoming a doctor, working on that project. And it kept me excited. And the whole purpose of that project is to use it for teaching. So I became just by happenstance and luck, I became the first person to teach with it. Um, And, and that was, very rewarding because, you know, it was a bell and whistle kind of thing that made any teacher sound remarkable because they had this really cool toy to play with. Right. Um, but it taught me how to teach. And, um, and so that, that, that's probably where my major love of teaching came. Um, and right. then that became right. a, a major focus of my career for the first 15 years was, was yeah. primarily teaching. Of course, teaching calls upon, see, I think teaching is a bridge to writing for someone because you calls upon your, whether you, I think whether you're aware of it or not, a kind of empathy and um, human, even if you're teaching something technical and scientific, you're still trying to find a way to communicate such that the people, the human being sitting in the chair understand it. And it takes more than just saying the words that you have to do it in a way that it reaches them. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think that's yeah. 100% true. And also, any kind of writing is really teaching, whether it's yes. teaching about yes. your fictional world or teaching yes. about interesting other things that people don't know. And so, yeah, yeah being able to communicate in a clear way, um, yeah, that's teaching and that's writing. Well, I would say, you know, it's a funny thing because with, with writing, it's like you can see it. You know, if you're writing something, it doesn't matter what you're writing. It's like you're teaching, like you know the information. Now you got to find a way to have another human being through their listening only, essentially. For the I should, well, you probably have some hands-on stuff, but most of it's just listening. Have them understand it. And the same thing with writing, like you can see it. How do you make it so another person can see it? Right? You're you're you are trans, you are taking something from within you and putting it in a place where someone who isn't you can see it. And Right. It's a very, it's a, it's a fast, I, I'm endlessly interested in it, obviously, but I think it's so close to teaching. So, and so you, and the, and so the, the book you wrote with your, with your, with your advisor, right? Who, who you did it with? Well, he and I started a different book. 
um, not right, but the first, yeah, intent. no, the your your oh. academic book that you wrote with him. Yes, it was right, an that introductory was a, book for medical students and anesthesia residents. Yes. Right, and so did you like? What was? Did you like it? Did you have fun doing it? Just that book? I, I did. He and I did it. He was an eighty-year-old German gentleman who is just wow. His story. That's the next thing I need to write. His story is amazing, but. Um, right. Yeah, we, we would take turns writing different chapters and then trading them and editing them. And we decided yeah. to add in some humor and some, you know, sort of uh, a lot of historical facts. Like we'd mention something and then I'd write a little footnote paragraph about who invented it and some little right. bit about his life that was interesting. And, and it was just, just spending time with him and the stories he would give me outside of anything related to the book made it incredibly worthwhile. Um, the second edition was a little less fun. That was when he passed away. But, right. um, but yeah, that was a great experience, and it got me interested in, in writing fiction, which is now my, now my joy outside of family. Oh, that's very nice. And you started with short fiction, I assume. Well, I actually, the very first thing I wrote was Fatal Intent, although it was called oh. Do No Harm. And the very okay. first thing I did with it was I went to PNWA, which is ah. really interesting that that's what? something you're super involved with. I, and wait, I was, you're, uh, I you're a, was you're a, a finalist for one of the awards. And it was, I, such, it was a yes. great meeting. I had such a great time. You're a Floridian, though. My God, you came, I all, know. There, you came all the way out here Well, for I that? submitted... I submitted to the competition and then right, they called me right. or sent me a note that said I was a finalist. And I said, well, then I got to go to this meeting. Wow. And, um, and it was, it was really, really good. I was probably sitting in that. I've been going to that thing for quite, quite a while. I was probably there with you. How weird is that? Um, well, okay. Yeah. So that was actually the first thing you wrote and then you put it aside. I mean, cause obviously you also published some short fiction. So was, did you just not know what to do with it? What's the story there? Well, the biggest thing is that, you know, you feel like I read, I, I can write. I've written a million, you know, articles and edited right. people's personal statements and stuff. Of course I can write fiction. And then you realize you don't know <laughs> crap about writing fiction. Yeah, um, I know. And so, so the first version was, you know, I'd be embarrassed if I could find it. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, and so, it, you know, I finished it. I, I actually did the pitch fest at PNWA and got yeah. some interest, but it didn't go anywhere. And then um, it needed a lot of edits. And then I sort of got disillusioned and somebody said, you know, try writing some short stuff rather than continuing to edit your original. And, right. um, and it, it's, I really enjoy it because it's, well, it's short. <laughs> um, description yeah. is definitely not something I like to write or read, and you kind of have a pass at that when you're writing yeah. short fiction. Um, it's something you can write in a couple of days, certainly not done, but you can, you know, get from beginning to end and then spend some days editing it. It's, it's just much easier to get your head around than a full novel. And so, yeah, yeah. I wrote some of those and finally got them, started getting some positive feedback and some publications and and then I wrote another novel that um I was also querying and then uh finally somebody picked up what was then called Do No Harm which turned into Fatal Intent um yeah. Ocean View got interested in that and and that's where we are that's the second great version and of it uh, the uh, sequel is now in, in well the, the publisher has it they have not yet said whether 
they accept it. But they, right, <laughs> but, they, but they got it. it and they're reading it. Okay, well, that's very exciting. Yeah. And so and so you mentioned earlier the different part of your brain, which is something I am so interested in, the different parts of our, I don't, you can call it your brain, you can call it your mind, all different language for it. But obviously the way one thinks when you're dealing with the sciences is different. Uh, than what you're doing when you're sitting down at a blank page and making stuff up. So talk to me about like how, what, what is how, if someone said to you, if, if one of your fellow doctors said, what do you mean different part of your brain? How would you explain it to them? What would you say to them who maybe never wrote fiction? They're just cranking away on their medicine and it's all facts and science. What would you say about the difference? Hmm. That's a really good question. The, um, the creative part of your brain, now part of medicine is creativity, especially in this sure. day of not having the equipment we want because it can't get manufactured and we're having to make up ways oh, to do things we want right. to do. So there's always some creativity to it. And right. research right. is obviously some creativity. But there's a difference to artistic creativity where there are no bounds, right? So yeah. when I'm writing a medical paper, I'm either doing it right or I'm doing it wrong. Um, when I pull the fact, I got to make sure it's right. And when you have fiction, it's there is no right and wrong. There's it's just whatever world I want to make, and my characters can go absolutely any direction. So, um, so that I mean, I guess in in that way, medicine's a little bit confining. You you can be creative, but only within the 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 grounds of safety and and how physiology works and that sort of stuff. Whereas with writing, you can go anywhere, and even within writing. So at, at one of the meetings, I go to Thriller Fest now in New York. Oh, nice. One of the yeah. authors there told me when I was hopelessly editing my two books, she said, you know, you've got to let your creativity run, too. So anytime you're done with one book, you need to start writing something else while yeah. you're editing that book because yeah. the, the generation of new text is different than the correction of old text. Yeah. And that's where short yeah. fiction comes in for me because I can't really – think about a whole novel while I'm editing another novel, but I can think about right. something short. Right. Right. So you want to keep the, the, the pure creative juices going while you're doing this slightly more technical work of, of editing. Editing is still creative too, yeah. but it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. So you want to keep that, you want to keep yourself plugged into the, to the font of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's somewhat mysterious, isn't it? With the writing because you're there alone and if it's going well, and I will tell you, this is true of, I write creative nonfiction, so it's stuff that happened to me, but it's so close to fiction, it's almost like uh, cheating, but it's not. I mean, I always base it on reality, but I'm always surprised, and I always discover, and of course, when you're writing fiction, that's the case, but it's interesting, because you're there alone, and yet you, I hope, you get surprised uh, that that, that you don't really know where, even if you outline, you don't really know what's going to happen. Do you find that to be the case? Not really. Like some one sentence can come along and change the direction of things. That's a hundred percent true. And and when I went to my first meetings and people said that their characters did this and that and the other, and yeah. I would be like, Oh, come on, you did that. Right, not your character. Right, but right. once you get far enough in, that absolutely happens. I'll, I'll be writing a scene and I'll have Kate doing something 
and I'll just have this feeling that it's wrong. That's not what she would do. And, yeah. you know, she's modeled after me because everybody models their first character after themselves. <laughs> but um, she took a left turn pretty quick in my yeah. writing, and, and now yeah. she does all sorts of stuff that I would never yeah. do. But that's, and it's really but that's, fun that they're sort yeah. of inhabiting your world. And, and it's your world that you created, and yet they're independent beings in a way. Yeah. It's it weird is that our fascinating. Brains can do that sort of dissociate them somehow. I, I was talking to uh, actually Andre Debuse, who's a novelist uh-huh. and um, a lovely guy, and really very interested in the sort of the depth, the sort of spiritual aspect of writing, really. And he was, we were talking, and he's like, now I don't want to get too woo woo. And I was like, it's too late, man. Once you start doing this, it's it just like it or not, there's woo-woo because you don't, whether you call it your muse or God or source center or whatever it is, there's something I always feel that's talking that I'm listening to. I mean, it's not exactly like that, but it's kind of, it's this, I'm more passive than I am active. I think when I'm writing, I don't know if that oh, resonates with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm doing stuff. I'm focusing, but I'm mostly receiving. I, I think of it like listening more than thinking. That makes sense. You know, I think that does make sense. When I get stuck, in fact, I did this yesterday. I sit down with a pen and paper, old school, yeah. and um, and I write in cursive. So that's this thing where these letters connect yeah. to each other. Yes, and like I remember. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just have the character talk to me, and I just basically uh, it feels like I'm taking dictation, yeah, and they're telling yeah. me a story, which is the yeah. bizarre when you really try to think about neurons firing in different yeah it doesn't work but but yeah it's it's just like you said i'm sort of the passive receiver of this uh essay about who he is and why he does the things he does and it's really really a very um i don't know meta i guess sort of well it is it's i i have to admit so i mean i go to doctors when i need them which is very rarely i'm happy to report but I don't like to hear people talk about the body too much because it gets as a writer i don't want to think about my physical brain. I don't want to think about neurons. I want to, it just doesn't work for me. I have to think about a connection to something I literally can't see, taste, touch, or smell, right? That seems beyond. And it feels like it's, I'm inhabiting something, you know, that doesn't physically exist. And so I got to stay out of my, 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 is it my, is it the left brain? Which is the linear? Is it your left brain, the linear constructive side and the right brain? um, I don't even know. I get uh, back, I get confused. It, yes. There's a but great there's um, a great piece yeah, um, no, by a woman named um, I, Oh, I'm sorry. There's it's there's a book called um, no, go ahead. Stroke of Genius by this Harvard brain okay. doctor named Jill Bolte Taylor who had a um, stroke where she lost the the use of her left half of her brain. So she was a brain and brain I don't know what oh, the term no. is. And so, but so she was still conscious, but she only had her right brain, the receptive side, the nonlinear side. And so she couldn't live, she couldn't have a sense of the past and the future. It was just the present moment. She said she'd never been so happy in her life because she couldn't remember <laughs> stuff. Anyway, so she was dealing with like what it was to just be receptive. Anyway, that's another story. Um, okay, so you wrote this thing. And as you mentioned, your protagonist, uh, and this is always interesting for me, Tammy, uh, I Obviously, it's based, you know, she is a teacher and she's an anesthesiologist uh, and she's in Florida. Is, is she at Florida? I can't remember if she's at the University of Florida or not. Well, she is at a 
Random That's Florida University. University right. <laughs> in right, North okay. Central Florida that is definitely not University of Florida. <laughs> right. Okay. But you know what I like? One of the reasons I like I mean, it's a really good story, and kudos to you. I mean, you told a good, compelling, you know, suspense mystery story. So well done. And one of the things I like about this kind of stuff is I feel like you bring such a level of verisimilitude, obviously, you know, that it, it I, and I, I, I read writers who are excellent fiction writers who do their homework. If they're going to write about a subject that they themselves aren't familiar with, they do their homework and they know how to, you know, bring out the details. But there's another level that comes from someone who has done it and is doing it, that it's impossible to research and get. And that's what I sensed reading a bit about about the nature of teaching hospitals and teaching universities. And so I thought that stuff was really interesting. And and again, this isn't really even a question. Just kudos to you for making it interesting and not (laughs) making it just like a lot of inside baseball, if you know what I mean. Yeah, right. Well, thank you. It's interesting because, you know, the curse of knowledge, maybe you've heard that term. Sure, sure. You don't know what other people don't know because you've been doing it for so long that it's just right. second nature. And so figuring yeah. out what to include, what to leave out, some of the terminology is really challenging because it would yeah. be completely unrealistic if Kate talked to another doctor using normal words because that's right. not what we do. So right. that's part of where my, my gen character came in as a, a medical student that I could reasonably speak to at a different <laughs> right. level. Um, to make it clear without making it unrealistic. Yeah. You know what it's like? You, it's sort of like when we, when you need um, backstory delivered in a movie or a book, you know, people don't deliver backstories to each other very much, you know, Uh, but you got to have it. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting that you should say that because I was born there, but, but you got to do it somehow. So how can you cleverly do it? That's right. So you had Jen and then you got that in. Well, I didn't feel overburdened. It felt natural to me. Like I was learning about it. So I think you did a good job, Tammy. That's one reader who thinks you did it. Uh, Thank you. Well, that was, you know, version 2700, I think. Right. But obviously you liked it. You know, you like doing it. It's out there. It's been out for a little while. How have you liked the experience of being a published novelist? Like what that, even though it's in COVID, obviously, but what's that been like for you? It's been really, really fun. Um, Funner than I would have, would have imagined. Um, Hearing people talk about it now, friends and stuff, of course, are going to say they love it, but every once in a while I'll I'll get a a third hand account, which is really nice. Um, I was, cautioned not to read my reviews so yes, i haven't yes, been doing that yes. but um yeah. but yeah it's um it's done actually very well i have no idea sales wise you know because i have a publisher right. and they haven't shared it with me but right. um but yeah it's got over 150 reviews on amazon so that's pretty nice good. and uh, nice. and i've done a couple book clubs where people have read it as a group and then it's so interesting to hear them talk about my characters as if they're real and uh, hear their interpretations of things I wrote. And somebody the other day was telling me I cried at this point and I cried at that point. And one of them wow. was a point that I didn't even think about being, I mean, I knew it was sad, but I didn't think it was right. that sad. So, so yeah, it's just, it's really, really cool to, to share something with people that, that then becomes sort of a part of them, right? Every book we read in a little way becomes a part of us. And, uh, and that's just a dream come true. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it becomes a part of other people. It's just this, you know, it's just sort of a magical thing. It goes out there and 
everybody has their own experience of it. Just like you said, people cry at places you didn't think were sad or wouldn't didn't think was that moving, but it was to them because of what they've lived and what they've known and what they've worried about and what they're, where they've, and it's just who they are. And, and um, it's like your book becomes almost like a person doing its own thing, like a child kind of going yeah. out and like, you don't get to be with them in school and they make their own choices and make their, I think it's, I think it's magical and just lovely. You know, I had a book come out in June and it's, I'm starting to hear from people. It's just really nice. So. Oh, congratulations. I'll have to look Thank for you. it. Everyone has what it takes, Tammy, a writer's guide to the end of self doubt. So if you're ever having any self doubt, you can pick up a copy of everyone has what it takes. And that'll just wipe it right out. I guarantee oh, it. Well, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, all right. Well, listen. Okay. Well, so congratulations. Now, uh, if people listen to this and think Tammy's one. Oh, first of all, if someone wanted you to appear virtually or otherwise at their reading group, are you are you up for that? Absolutely. Just go on yeah. my website and and contact me or contact me through email. Anyway, I would love to hear people's thoughts and and talk about the book and about getting everybody's living wills filled out. That's a <laughs> That's a goal. Excellent. And so, uh, okay, so your website is what? It is T-U-L-I-A-N-O, T-E-U-L-I-A-N-O dot com. Got it. Okay. All right, people, that's where you can go. That's where you can do it. Uh, all right, I got one more question for you, Tammy. And what I'd like you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, taught you what? Say that again. If writing has taught if me anything, writing all the writing you've done has taught you anything. It's taught you what? Hmm. It has taught me the need to not write in isolation and have other people who can support me, other writers who I can talk to to uh, keep me off the ledge and uh, right. and give me encouragement when I need it. Not necessarily critique partners, but other people. Right live in the same life who uh who understand the highs and lows and uh and are great for bouncing ideas off of and and i encourage anybody who wants to write to to find that i call it my tribe which is probably politically right. incorrect but no um no. Oh, i, I found know. mine at a writer's meeting we write completely different genres but we talk regularly and it's uh it's huge for um making this a, a less solitary affair yeah you know, I will tell you, part of the reason I write the kind of books I write is for that very reason that I know writers sometimes just need, I mean, there's a lot of technical stuff they need. I, I don't tend to supply that, but just the emotional sense of like, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the only one having these fears. And actually, it's just why I do these interviews, honestly, and uh, is so that people know that we're all kind of going through the same thing and that we're, there's a whole world of people going through the same thing. And so I totally agree. It's very important. You write alone, but you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tammy, congratulations on the book and uh, good luck with the next one and the next one and the next one, and the next one. <laughs> thank you very much. You're I welcome. really appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks again for, thanks again for your patience. No problem. Oh, yeah, people. It's true. It's true. We're all in this together. It's why I write the kind of books I write. Just to let you know, if you need a little company, uh, 
That's why I write them. They've, I hope the books are a kind of company. That's in the blogs, all that stuff. Tammy's right. Tammy's right. We're in this together. Listen, uh, thanks again to my producer, RJ Jeffries. And thanks to all you. Thanks to all you. Uh, been a lot of fun. I'll be back again next week. Until then, go find something you love to do and do it.